Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. presence in this place Holy Spirit come and take your place have mercy upon us forgive us all our shortcomings and all our sins Lord I pray for the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of you I pray tonight Father come and touch our hearts reveal unto us the things that are important especially in these last days father god i pray that tonight oh god pour your spirit upon us may we never be the same again amen all right please be seated amen all right i believe you are all doing well by the grace of god these days you don't take things for granted and you have to be extremely grateful to the Lord and you have to be more eager to know why you are still alive hallelujah as your pastor said I'm here because it's Geo's convention and Geo's visit so, every general overseer has to visit um, churches that by the grace of God, we oversee. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. To try and see how you are doing. Whether you are doing good or you are not doing good. Whether you have been giving your pastors hard time or you have been helping them to accomplish their God-given goals. Amen. Amen. So, somebody preaches. Somebody is a chief shepherd. And somebody also comes to church. Your duty is to come to church. You see, sometimes you think that you are not the pastor. You are not the keyboardist. You are not the choir director. You are not the worship leader. So if you miss church, it's okay. But it is not okay. Because the pastor needs you to preach to. So if you are not coming, there is no reason why your pastor should come. You understand? Yes. And he is a pastor because he has sheep. So you must endeavor to play your part well. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. You must endeavor to play your part well. And don't play it haphazardly. Mm. Try to do it well. Amen. And never think that you are doing it for a man. 
you are doing it for the Lord. Amen. I am here because of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I am here right after work. I came here. I am here because of God. Not because of anything. There is no other reason why I am here. I am here because of God. And I believe that you are also here not because you did not have anywhere to go. But you have places to go. And then you have come. Today is Friday. When you go to 42nd Street, there is no place. But you are here. Hallelujah. The Bible says that there will be a clear difference between those who love God and serve him. Yesterday I was telling somebody at my workplace that if we read the Bible very well, Joyce, where are you going? Come, come and sit down. Don't be mad, sit. And listen to what I'm saying. I was telling somebody at my workplace that sometimes we read the Bible and we gloss over it. And we stop halfway. But if you read the entire Bible well, you will realize that some of the promises that we claim, we claim the promises halfway. I'll give you an example. Isaiah 54 verse 17. It's a very popular scripture that we all know. And we use it to bind the devil. Is that not the case? We use that to bind the devil. You say no weapon that will be fashioned against me shall prosper. Right? Some of us, that is how far we can go. Other people too can go further. Right? Any weapon that will be fashioned against me will not prosper. And any thong that will rise against me, I condemn. So some too can go further. You see? But it doesn't end that. It says, this is our heritage. So the promises that you have quoted, it's an inheritance for, for a certain group of people. It's for servants of the Lord. So you see, sometimes you will be quoting the scripture and you, and, and you don't understand why the devil is still lambasting you. And you do not understand. But the reason is that you are not God's servant. You are not his servant. So no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. It is for God's servant. And who is a servant? A servant is somebody who has a master. And he can be sent back and forth anytime. You are at your master's beck and call. Whenever your master calls you, you are here. You don't say that you are tired. You know, if your master comes home at 2 a.m., that is his schedule. A servant cannot sleep whilst the master is out there. You have to wait for your master to come. You see, these are the people who get inheritance. You understand? The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. It is a promise for people who have made God their shepherd. So there are some people 
who have not made God their shepherd. Because the shepherd will lead you. God told Peter that, you see, it will come to a point in your life that somebody has to lead you to a place that you don't want to go. But because you are a sheep and you have a shepherd, the shepherd can lead you and you have to go. You understand? So when we read the Bible, we must read it well. Take, take your time. Don't read a whole chapter that you don't understand. Take your time. Read it well. But tonight, I have good news for you. Amen. That is the title of my message. I have good news for you. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24. I have good news for you. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24. Some time later, however, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mastered his entire army and besieged Samaria. As a result, there was a great famine in the city. Anytime there is war, there is famine. Because a lot of infrastructures are destroyed. So trucks cannot move with goods from one end to the other. There is so much danger and so much chaos. People can't have peace of mind to work. They cannot plant. And because they cannot plant, they cannot also reap when it is time for harvest. So the Bible says that it was because King Ben-Hadad besieged Samaria. That was the result of the famine that they were experiencing. Hallelujah. Amen. The siege lasted so long, so long, so long, that a donkey's head was sold for 80 pieces of silver and a cup of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. That is the result of famine. Things that are not sold are now essential commodities. You know, when I used to live in London, I used to travel to a place called Romford to buy meat. So I will identify a goat and then I will ask that I want this goat, kill it. Then I'll bring the whole goat or half home. And then I will store it in my fridge. When I come, I will you know, divide it into, into several pieces. So when I pick one piece, it's enough for soup, for meat, you know, for stew, whatever. And you know, when they kill the goat, you see, things like the legs, the entrails, the head, they used to throw it away. No, I mean, they, they would just throw it away. 
It was not part of the package. You know, they would not sell that to you. They would throw it away. Then some, because, you know, according to the white people, there is no meat in the head and the entrails and then the legs. And no, I mean, they just throw it away. Then a certain group of people. Discovered, discovered the place. They discovered the place. So, instead of these things being thrown away, they were collecting them. You know, they were just collecting them. And if you requested for the goat hair, they used to give it to you for free. Just, I mean, just take it. And they wonder what you are going to do with these things. But when those people discovered, they were fighting over it. So now, the people realize that, no, we can make business from the goat head and then the feet and everything. So they started selling it. But the famine that happened in Samaria, it was so severe that when you see a cow ready to do his thing. People are also waiting to collect. You see? To collect it. As soon as they see that the cow is coming, ready to go to private. We call that place private. They will be standing there to collect the feces for sale. What were they using it for? For manure? No. No. So you will find out that the, the, the famine was so severe. Hallelujah. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall of the city, a woman called to him, Please help me, my lord, the king. He answered, if the Lord doesn't help you, what can I do? If the Lord does not help you, our help comes from the Lord. Our help comes from nobody but from the Lord. And if the Lord does not help you, no one can help you. Even the unbeliever king could see that if the Lord does not help you, nobody can help you. Hallelujah. So the king asked, What can I do? I have neither food from the threshing floor nor wine from the press to give you. That was the king's response. But then the king asked, what is the matter? She replied, this woman said to me, come on, let's eat your son today. Then we will eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and ate him. Then the next day, I said to her, kill your son so we can eat him. But she has hidden her son. You see, it tells you 
that the famine was so severe for a mother even think about even a human being eating a human being. It's a big deal. Hallelujah. And let alone a mother eating her son. A son that she has carried in her womb for nine months. What will cause the mother to feast on the son that she has given birth to? So it tells us that the famine was so severe, very severe. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair. And as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing burlap under his robe next to his skin. Amen. So you can have an idea that it was not a matter of joke. It was a serious, serious issue. Hallelujah. Let's go to Amos 8. Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. Amos 8 Verse 11. The time is surely coming, says the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine on the land. So that tells us that the famine that the Samaritans were experiencing was from the Lord. Because if a famine was so severe such that a mother can kill her son and eat, and cow's dung being sold, and people rushing for it, then it is not an ordinary famine. But it was the Lord that sent that famine. So the Bible is saying that in Amos 8 verse 11, that the time is surely coming, says the Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or water. So the famine that God is talking about is not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border, searching for the word of the Lord but they will not find it. Hallelujah. God is talking about another type of famine that he's going to send. And that famine that God is talking about is the word of God. So the first thing I want to talk about is famine. You see, when you look around, there is famine. Famine means hunger. People are hungry. Hungry for what? We are hungry for God's presence. We are hungry 
for somebody to show us the way. We are hungry for the word of God. And it is God's doing. He says that in the last days, I'm going to send famine. Not famine of, 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 of food, but famine of the lack of the word of God. There are so many people who are hungry in this world. They are eating a lot of food that is contaminated. When you give a child food, the child will just throw the food on the ground and will start picking it. Whether the food is poisonous, whether the food has mixed up with the dirt on the floor, the child is unaware of it. The only evidence is when we see the child running, then we will know that the child has eaten something bad. You see, in, in, the, in, in an attempt to quench the extreme famine and the hunger we have, a lot of people are moving from places to places, from places to places, trying to get something, you know, a prophecy or a word, just to quench their thirst. But a lot of people have also gotten polluted food. Because they are hungry, they don't process the food. They just eat it, whether the food is well-cooked or not. They just eat anything. And they, it's because of the famine. That is why people are queuing to buy cow dung. If they were not hungry, nobody would queue for cow dung. In this world, so many people are lost. Last Saturday, we went out for evangelism. And then I was asking people that there are only two places that a man can go to when your life on this earth comes to an end. There is heaven and there is hell. Which one do you want to go to? And they replied, heaven, of course. And I said, you know that heaven was constructed by someone. Because the Bible tells us in John chapter 14, God said, I am going to prepare a place for you. That is heaven. And when I go and I prepare that place, I will come back and then I will take you to the place that I have prepared for you. So don't let your heart be troubled. So heaven belongs to someone. And you have to be a friend of the owner of heaven for you to be able to go there. So what are you doing to prepare yourself to go to that place called heaven that God says that he has gone ahead to prepare the place for you. And people are searching. And they are searching. And they are searching for something that would quench and kill that hunger. Somebody will tell you that, you know what, every church is a church. There are so many ways to go to heaven. It is not only through Jesus. You see, they are hungry. But they are not looking for the right food. The food that they are eating, it will give them running tummy. Because it is poisonous. They are not eating the right food. You understand what I'm saying? 
So the Bible says that he created famine. People looking. That is why, you know, people want to do the right thing, but they don't know how. They, 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 they don't know how. The Samaritan woman, she thought that for her test and for her famine to come to an end, she should try every type of man in this world. You know, so many times you would think that this is your problem. Those who don't have papers, they think that, they, they, you know, once they get their papers, and they would do everything, everything to, I mean, they would, they would, they would, they would climb the mountains, move the mountains, bend the sea, do everything. Manage that they don't have. They will borrow. They will do everything. Because of papers. If I get this, that is the end. But, you see, the world is not designed in such a way that if you get your papers, your problems will come to an end. No. That is not the way God has designed his world. Some people too think that if you, if, you, if you get a job, let me tell you even something about the papers. They say if we get papers, we can get a better job. I know people who drove taxis when they didn't have papers. And now they are American citizens. They are still driving taxis. That is not the solution that God has provided to quench that test. Some people too think that if they marry... That is the end of the famine. No. The world is more complex. You see, it is not everything that people say. But if people should tell you the truth, they will curse the day they met that guy. They will say they were happy until this man came into my life. But then you will also find somebody who cannot sit still because somebody is just toying you know, around with her heart. So come here. I mean, when you sleep, you can't sleep. You see the guy, you have palpitations. Then after that, after that, you ask yourself, is that all? No. Jesus told the Samaritan woman, if you drink this water, you will test again. But if you drink the water that I will give to you, you will never test. You will never test. Again, you won't test. So when the disciples came and they saw Jesus talking with the Samaritan woman, they were shocked. So they told Jesus, come and eat. He said, I am full. I am full. 
I have meat that you don't know about. And my meat is to do the will of the Father. You understand what I'm saying? God has put eternity in our hearts. That the only thing that can quench that test, that can take care of that famine, is to be connected to him. If you are connected to him and you are connected to him properly, your joy does not depend on your job. And your joy does not depend on the amount of money you have. But your joy is as a result of whom you are connected to. That is why the Bible does not talk about happiness. Happiness is as a result of the circumstances around you, which today is and tomorrow is not. But the kingdom of God, it is not about food and drink, but it is about the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the Holy Ghost. So let us see how God solved this famine. You understand what I'm saying? Let's see how God solved this famine. So let's go to the next chapter. Chapter 7 and verse number 3. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 3. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here and die? They asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. If they kill us, we would have died anyway. How did God solve the famine in this world? So first of all, there is famine. And secondly, how did God solve the famine? God has used ordinary people Ordinary people, not sophisticated people, but ordinary people in everything that he does. God has used ordinary people. When God wanted to save the world, he sent his son who was given birth through a carpenter. And Mary, who did not even have a job, you understand, and did not even have a husband. Talk about people that God has used. When God was looking for somebody to deliver his people from Egypt, he did not go and look for a CEO or an army general. He went to look for Moses, who was a fugitive, 
a criminal, a murderer, who had committed murder in Egypt, and they were looking for him. God went to look for such a person to deliver his people. When God was looking for someone to deliver his people from the atrocities of the evil nation, God looked for Gideon. Even when God came and told Gideon that he was a mighty man of valor, he said, who, who are you talking about? Who, who are you talking about? Are you talking about me? A mighty man of valor? When God was looking for someone to deliver the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines, whom did God choose? God chose David, who was a shepherd boy. In fact, his father did not even count him as one of his children. If you have a child and he comes home and he tells you that he encountered lions, the following day you will not send the child to work to the same place. So if the child dies, I, I mean, I, I would not think that it would, it, would, it would even be a big deal. When the prophet was sent to the house of Jesse, he collected all the Obontia children in the, you know, in the family to come and pass in front of the prophet. And even the prophet had to ask him, do you have any, any, anybody else? Don't you have anyone else? Don't you have anyone else? I mean, somebody who had issues. He had issues. He was a very problematic person. He was like a magnet. Can just pull you like that. He, he, I mean, he had major problems. With all the anointing, he had major problems. God always uses ordinary people. God used David. Paul was a murderer. But God used him. When God wanted to save these people from famine and death, God once again used ordinary people. And whom did he use? Lepers. A leper is somebody whose hands are deformed. And because of the deformity, they stink. Pay attention, please. Because of their deformity, they stink. You see, if somebody stinks, you can smell the person miles away. So, apart from the fact that, pay attention, apart from the fact that they stink, when they are coming, you see, the stinking announces itself. Right? Sometimes you can pass by somebody and say, hey, my God, what is that? Then you turn, something. You understand what I'm saying? Hello? Yes. Pay attention. All right? Don't be matter. Pay attention. Can you survive without water? Can you? Yeah, so let's pay attention. 
so that I don't lose my thoughts. You know what I'm saying? So when God was looking for somebody to resolve the famine, he went to look for four lepers. Four lepers. They are first of all outcasts. You see, they were not supposed to be where people are. So they lived at the outskirts. And just in case, if they want to come to where people are, they have to announce that they are unclean. 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 Why? So that people will clear of the way. Leprosy is infectious. If you come into contact with somebody who is a leper, you will also be affected by the disease. You know? And leprosy is also a typology of sin. You understand? It also represents sin. You know? And if you have leprosy, eventually you die. Unless, of course, you get a cure for it. You understand? So, you see, the Bible says that the wages of sin is what? It's dead. But these four lepers are like us. Because of our sins, we have been separated from the commonwealth of Israel. We do not matter. People look down on us. But the Lord provided salvation for these four lepers because they were going to die. They said, that, why do we have to sit here and die? So that tells you that they were about to die. If there was no savior at hand, they would die. So what did God do? God saved them. How did he do that? Let's read. Verse 5. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses. And the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and Egyptians to attack us. They cried to one another, so they panicked and ran into the night. You see, how can four lepers frighten a whole army, a whole nation? But the but the, but, but the Lord has given us an answer. It says that it was the Lord who caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses. It was the Lord's doing. Why did the Lord do that? To save these people from death. Why did God give us his only begotten son? 
to save us from death. Because the wages of sin is death. We are all lepers. And if we die in this famine, if we die without the word of God, if we die without salvation, we are heading towards hell straight. So God uses ordinary people. Hallelujah. So the Arameans, they fled. Verse 8. When the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine. And they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. So we are like the lepers. Now we have been washed and cleansed from our sins. God has poured in us his Holy Spirit. Now we have become a heirs of the Father and joint heirs with the Son. God has not withheld any good thing from us. He has provided our salvation. And now we have been washed and seated in the church. And what are we doing? We eat and drink. And we gather gold, silver, because some of you have two jobs. Now you are rich. Now you can dress. Somebody said that, me, I can dress. It's because lighthouse, we don't dress. That's why I'm wearing what I'm wearing. But I can really dress. But lighthouse, we dress. Don't we dress? Yeah, we dress. But now, not to that standard, mercy. But now we have become rich. Have we not become rich? We have different hairstyles. We have caps and hairs. Different colors. Clothes. We always come to church and we warm the pews. I mean, we, 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 the word of God that is preached to us Sunday after Sunday is good. It has made us fat and rich. You know, we go and come, we polish the same thing over and over and over again and over again. And we have forgotten that we were lepers ready to perish because we were struck with famine. There was hunger. But now by the grace of God, God has caused the, the Aramean army to hear the sound of galloping horses. And God did all that just so that we will not die of hunger. So he did all that. But now we have forgotten our misery. We have forgotten. We have forgotten. Now the people who said that if the Lord delivers me from this situation, I will serve the Lord for the rest of my life. You have been delivered from that situation. But it's as though you, the, the Lord has not spoken. It's as though you have not made these promises to God. You have, you have forgotten everything that you said. 
We cannot even tell you that you have been out of church for a long time. You see, one day, you know, there was a situation here. And then I told your pastor that, give this boy a chance. Give him a chance. I think the boy can do well. Give him a chance. He said, Reverend, you don't understand. I am in this church with that person. Look, he is here just so that whenever he finishes whatever he is doing, we will not see the person again. I said, really? Call the guy. Let me talk to him. I spoke with him. He said, oh, no, it is not the case. I mean, I'm here forever and ever. We are fine. We are, you know. I said, okay. So I said, look, I think the guy will do well. And truly, when he got what he wanted, that's it. He left. So sometimes you are surprised that, ah, is it this same person behaving like this? Of course. Now he's forgotten his leprosy. I believe that these, these lepers, they were cured too. Of course, because if the Lord saves you, Healing is part of your salvation. Otherwise, how can you collect silver and gold and eat and drink wine with what hands? What hands? So we have forgotten our misery. Now that we are okay, we have forgotten that where we came from. It was not easy. Why are you here? Why did God save you? Why? Why are you here? Why did God save you? It's a question that you must answer. Verse number nine. So how many points do you have? Two. There is famine. And then God saved the, 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 the people who were hungry and about to die by using ordinary people. So verse 9. Finally. Say finally. Finally. finally they said to each other. This is not right. They came to their senses. And they said, this ain't right. This is not right. What is not right? What is not right? More polishing is not right. Sitting in church and not doing anything is not right. Not getting involved with evangelism. Not getting involved with prayer. Not getting involved with follow-up. It's not right. And the reason why it's not right is that where you are coming from, there are people there who are perishing. Because, no, remember, they had crossed the border to a different town or a different country. And they had eaten. They had drunk. And they have also collected money. But where they were coming from, 
there was famine. People, people were still dying. People were still eating their sons and daughters. People were still eating cows dung. I'm the friend These were the things that people were eating. But the lepers were okay. So they came to their senses and they said, this is not right. If the Lord is relying on you to open your mouth and say something and you don't say anything, it's a sin. It's not right. It's not right. It is not right. This is not right. This is a day of good news. That's why I told you my message is I bring you good news or I have good news for you. This is the day of good news. And we are not sharing it with anyone. This is the day, Bunsen. This is the day of good news. And we are not sharing it with anyone. You remember when we used to go to discos and they play music all night long. Then we are dancing. And then after that, they will go to our next you know, number. And then the DJ will just, you know, you know Wind the siren. And then after after the session, you cannot even find your way home. They collect you, they collect you from the gutter with bruises all over. But look at you. Now the Lord has saved you from your leprosy and has blessed you. Look at how beautiful you are now. Look at how beautiful you are. Just that we can't close all the holes in your ears and your nose and we cannot, you know, remove your... Yeah. If I'm not going to get, you know, married, I will pray to God, Lord, reveal to me whether the lady has tattooed or what all those things. Because the day you see the tattoo, you run away. You don't know whether the person is a God or whatever. No. You don't know. You understand what I'm saying? But look at you now. You are saved, clean. Here. You have eaten. Come to church. You hear loyalty and disloyalty. Lay people in the ministry. Hey, many are called. Hey, Alos. You, I mean, you, you, you have eaten. Look at this rich food that you are eating. This is not right. This ain't right. This place could have been full and overflowing. Yes, yes, yes. This ain't right. Today is a day of good news. 
and we are not sharing it. So our sins, our sins that we have committed, the fact that we have the good news and we are not sharing it. That is the sin that we have committed. We are so selfish that all that we are thinking about is the wine, the gold, the silver, the clothes that we are enjoying. So where we have come from, whether the people are still still perishing, still eating their children, still eating uh, cows, dung, we don't care. All that we care about is, hey, we are going to heaven, we are saved. This is not right. We call July a month of evangelism. It's just, it's just something that we do to satisfy the conscience. But we don't share the good news. We don't. This is not right. Because today is a day of good news. And we are not sharing it. We are not sharing it. Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 15. 2 Corinthians 5.15 He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. You have been saved so that you will not live for yourself. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Give me King James and let's go to the next chapter. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. So the Bible is saying that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. The lepers who were saved, they were saved for a purpose. That after they were saved, God now gave them a ministry. And what was the ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. What is reconciliation? Bringing people together. Telling, telling the people that there is good news. Good news. Bringing them together because formerly they were lepers. They were not allowed to come among people. So when they come among people, they have to scream and shout, unclean, unclean, unclean. But now God has saved them and he is bringing those lepers who were formerly outcasts. Now he is bringing them together. He is reconciling them. Their sins have been forgiven. They, they are no longer lepers. 
Now God is reconciling them. And this is the ministry that God has given to you. That where you came from, the people are still hungry. The famine has not ceased. And God wants you to go and tell them the good news. That where we are now, there is food. The ministry of reconciliation. There is food. There is wine. There is silver. There is gold. Come and tell them that now the Arameans are not fighting us. God is not against us anymore. Because now he has died for us. He has made the provision. We have been saved. And God has made us heirs of the Father and joined heirs with his son. This is the good news that God expects that after you have been saved and after you have been in the church and after you have drunk and after you have been fed and after you have been polished and gotten silver and gold, go tell them. Don't sit there. Go tell them because people are still hungry. Verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. That is the whole purpose of God. Reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. You see, sometimes people think that for them to come to Christ, they have to finish all their sins before they come. No, God is not imputing their trespasses unto them. He is not accusing you. What does John 3.17 say? He did not come to condemn us, but that the world through him might be saved. So God is looking for you to tell the people, to go and tell them, that God is no longer imputing their trespasses unto them. And God had committed, God had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That means that God has put in your trust. He has entrusted you with the job of reconciling people to God. If you don't understand it, God will explain it further to you in verse 20. Now then, just in case you don't understand reconciliation, God is breaking it further. He says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Who is an ambassador? An ambassador is somebody who represents a sovereign nation in another nation. Telling the new nation that you have been posted to things that pertain in the other nation that you have been sent from. Are we not citizens of heaven? Are we not citizens of heaven? Are we not the royal priesthood? Are we not a holy nation? Are we not people called of God? We represent the kingdom of God here in this world. So when they see you, they see an ambassador. An ambassador's job is more important and more powerful than the job that you have. At least you get to ride in a very nice car with 
a chauffeur-driven car. You know, living in a nice neighborhood with gardens and flowers, fellowshipping with deers and antelopes. Beautiful. You can hear the birds sing. And God has made you. Look at all the trouble that he went through to make you an ambassador. An ambassador. Representing him in this world. And when you got to this world, you say, no, take your ambassadorial post. I rather want to push cart, you know, cart in um, shop right. I want to be a teller, cashier. Sign here. Can I have my receipt? You want to serve food. You want to give people injections. You want to take their blood pressure. You have exchanged this noble, you know, diplomatic job for selling sugar cane and selling shirts, selling paper. And you have told the Lord that I am not interested in this ambassadorial position. When the lepers go to Aramir, they say, hey, now we have arrived. You see, it is because they don't know that there is something better that God has prepared for them. When you are paid $15, and I'll say, hey, it's a, it's a good job. Hey, it's a good job. It's a good job. It's a good job. It is because you haven't seen anything before. Meanwhile, somebody is thinking, how can you live on $15 an hour? It's because you are single, that's why. You have not thought about buying a house. You have not thought about a car. You have not thought about children. When you are you know, married and with children, they come asking you for things unannounced. Daddy, tomorrow when you coming back home, bring $100. What do you need it for? I need it for school. That's it. Whether you have it or not, no, you have to. You see, now you ask, nobody is asking you for anything. That is why this big job that God has given to you, you say you don't want it. You say you don't want it. You say you don't want it. Meanwhile, the Bible says that seek first his kingdom and its righteousness and all other things. All other things will be added unto you. But you are not. You are not interested. He says, now then, now then, now then, as a result of being saved, now then, God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now then, we are God's ambassadors. For Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be you reconciled to God. 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 Hitherto you have been running away. You have not been telling people about the fact that where God has brought us, there is plenty of food. There is sanity of mind. 
at least we know that when our life here comes to an end, we, we have a place that we are going. You understand what I'm saying? Let's continue. If we wait until morning, if we wait until morning, if we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall on us. That means that God's call is urgent. It's urgent. Evangelism month is not about dressing in a casual clothes and come and sit in the church. No. If we wait, if we wait, calamity will come on us. Why? Because people are still dying. And the longer you wait, the worse their situation becomes. If you wait any longer, they will die. They will die. More will die. A truck, a truck that is driven by a crazy guy, Islamic fanatic, will just run through the crowd because the car is coming. It's coming, oh, it's coming. It's about to run through the crowd. And you are still waiting. You are not telling the people. You are not telling them. Meanwhile, they are about to die. And you are not telling them. If you wait, calamity. Come. So the call is urgent. The evangelism is urgent. Because where we have come from, still, they have not heard about the fact that in Aramea, we have found food. We have found wine. We have found money. It's urgent. I said the core is urgent. Evangelism. What do you do on Saturdays? If the church is supposed to evangelize, it is one of the, 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 the functions or programs that we experience poor attendance. A church of 60, 65 people, just a handful. That tells you what is important to you and what is not. But meanwhile, God is saying that the call is urgent. If we don't respond, if we don't respond, calamity. Ezekiel 3.17. Let's turn to Ezekiel 3.17. Ezekiel 3.17. So, son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Whenever you receive a message from me, warn people immediately. Because you don't know. We are going out for 4th of July. You are thinking of barbecue. But calamity. Warn people immediately. If you want the wicked saying you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins, and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. 
So if you are not participating in the evangelism, God will hold every single person who dies without him. God will hold you responsible. You will be responsible. You will be responsible. You will be responsible if you do not want the people. If you don't come back and come and take up your ambassadorial position and somebody dies without Christ, God will hold you responsible. So that means that whatever means you have to take to do your job. You can't tell your boss that the, the machine broke. The fire did not work. Giving excuse. No, when they give you your deadline, you, you, you produce the job. Whatever happens, you have to anticipate the delays and work it through and into the job and make sure that when the time comes. So God is not going to wait for you. A lot of us are waiting. Oh, when I finish my school, when I finish my classes, when I finish this, I will come. And what are you doing? Prerequisites. <laughs> what you are doing is prerequisites. Four, four, five credits, three credits. Lord, when I finish, you know now I'm doing my prerequisites. I want to be a, 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 a pharmacist, so I'm doing prerequisites. I want to be a nurse, so I'm doing prerequisites. Prerequisites. You are joking. Prerequisites. You are doing prerequisites. You have not even started the main course. Prerequisites, just say you have packed God. You have packed God. Prerequisites. The main course has not started. And you are telling God, when I finish, when are you going to finish? You have no steady life that it never gets finished. Never gets finished. Look at the ladies. They will tell you when they give birth to one child. They say, when are you? Say, no, 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 no. What I went through. No, 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 no. Just give them six months. And you are always wondering, hey, this lady, when she gave birth, her, no, her stomach has not sunk in. The stomach is still big. Yeah, it's still big because there is another one developing. Don't be fooled by that. The life, I mean, you cannot pack life and say that when I finish. You can't. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. So how can we escape from this calamity? How can we speed up Things such that news will get to our countrymen where we came from. How can we let them hear that where we are, there is food? That's the answer. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's go back. Go back where? To our people where we came from. Where there is still famine. Where they are still killing and eating their children. Where they are still queuing for a cow dung. 
and buying donkeys' hair for so much money. Because, because they don't know. If they know that there is food, they won't be buying those things because they don't know that's why. So he says, come on. Come on. Let us go back. Go back and tell the people at the palace. Let us go back and tell the people. Let us go back. Let us get involved. The harvest indeed is plentiful. But the laborers few. Let us go back and tell the people. Did they go back? Yes. So they went back. So they went. So they went back and told the gatekeepers. We went out to the Aramean camp, they said, and no one was there. The horses and donkeys were tethered and the tents were all in order. But there wasn't a single person around. Then the gatekeepers shouted the news to the people in the palace. The king got out of bed. Just said, no, come no. So he had no option. He had gone to lie down coolly on his bed. So the king said, I know what is happening. They, ex- they are expecting us to leave the city and then they will take us alive and capture the city. Okay. Look at the unbelieving king. So one of the officers replied, we had better send our scouts to check into this. All right? 14. So two chariots with horses were prepared, and the king sent scouts. They went all the way to the Jordan River, following a trail of clothing and equipment that the Arameans had thrown away in their mad rush to escape. Then the people of Samaria rushed out and plundered the Aramean camp. So it was true that five quarts of choice flour were sold that day for one piece of silver. So there were no, you see, when people don't know better, they eat cow dung. They kill for donkey's head. But when these people came and broadcast the good news, they said, ah, we have been eating junk. Jesus' beard was six inches long. And if you can hold on to the beard, you go to heaven. Ah, that was junk. There is no Holy Spirit. There is no miracles. No. That is cow dung. Jesus is not the only way. That is cow dung. Jesus is not God. Is, you, know, you know, he is a prophet. That is true though, but it is cow dung. Donkey's head. I can also go to heaven through Muhammad. Cow dung. There is no salvation only in Jesus. That is cow dung. I can also worship my Hare Krishna God and go, that is donkey's head. But you know, they don't know better. That is why they are eating cow dung. But when the good news was brought to them, oh my God, they left everything. They left 
for the choice flower. They don't know that you can be fed and you can swim in the Holy Ghost. They don't know that you can come to church and you can be happy. They don't know that you have no money in your pocket, but you are happy. You are okay. You are okay. It's okay. It's okay. Choice clothes. You think this is your pimping is? Yeah. Choice clothes. Choice clothes. Oh yeah. Sometimes when you wear something, you think that you have come on top, armor. It is. It is pimping is. It's cow dung. It's the cow bull's hair. Choice, choice flower. It is not a um, flat, you know, flattened flower. You know, sometimes when you are hungry, especially lunch, anything that you get, it's okay. It satisfies your hunger. The flower wearing good at the time. They got choice flower. It's not this bootleg flower. No, choice one. You go to Ghana, they sell it, and they say, this is from UK, this is from China. Which one do you want? This is from UK, this one is from Ghana. Which one do you want? <laughs> and 10 pots of barley green. Oh, just as the Lord has promised. So it took the lepers to bring the good news. Amen. If the lepers did not go, they would not have been able to assess, assess the salvation that God has provided through spreading the good news. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, therefore, go. Therefore, go. Therefore, what? Go. go. The, the, the surest way of getting a beloved is to go. I'm telling you. The surest way of getting money in your pocket is to go. The surest way of living long is to go. The surest way of having God's favor on you is to go. Hallelujah. It says, go, 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 go. Go and tell them that where we came, the church that we came, we were polished, we were fed, we drank wine. When, when we got to know the Lord, oh, money was not a problem. An outcast who has now come by money. You know the Samaritan woman? An outcast. An outcast. But God used her. Amen. Somebody who dodges to come and fetch water. Somebody who did not want to be identified. When she found the love, she dropped all the things that were holding her from preaching. She was known in town. You know? But, but if you are not doing God's will, then you are so conscious of your surroundings. Who is saying this and who is saying that? Who is saying this? Who is saying that? Who is saying that? No. But when she came to know the Lord, she still had a reputation. But you see, what she had experienced was much greater and far higher. 
of eternal value than people calling her names. Oh, please. You can call me any name that you want. But what I have experienced is awesome. I will not hide any longer. Yeah, okay, yeah, you can choose to call me any name. But what I have experienced and what I have seen, it cannot be compared with, no, to any name calling. No. She went and with, 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 with Anadea and Biazu told the people that, you see, you know me, right? I have a reputation in this town. But you put that aside. You just come and see. Come and see. A man who has told me everything that I have ever done could it be the Messiah. Come. The people, they say, really? Hey, this lady who is well known has now but you know, nobody ever dared to bring her past. They all followed her. Because she has brought good news. Good news. Why? Because the people were dying. They looked strong, but they were dying. They were dying for the, because the Lord has sent famine to the land. They look posh, but they are dying. You see them like that, but they, are, but, 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 but they are dying. When they drop dead right now, they will go to hell. They have fat paycheck, but they are dying of spiritual hunger. The people followed the lady. They followed to come and see a man who has ministered to her everything that she has ever done. What did the people say? They said, wow. When this woman came to tell us the good news, we believed it. We believed it. Surprisingly, God touched their heart. They did not see the woman, but they saw God. That is why God said that in, on that day, don't be mindful about what you will say, but my, I myself will put on your lips what you should say. So when the woman came, they did not analyze her and analyze the message. But they listened to God attached their hearts. And they followed to Jesus. And they said, that, wow. Now we believe not because of what the lady said, but now we believe because with our own eyes we have seen the Messiah Amen. and the Savior of the world. If the woman did not go, they would still die in their hunger. That is why her name is in the Bible and your name is not on any tract. Any tract, your name is not on any tract. Let's rise up. And pray. That you will align yourself with God's desire. That you will ask yourself, why are you saved? Why are you saved? Why did God save you? Ever since you went into the camp of the Arimean, and you have eaten, you have been fed, you have drunk wine, you have gotten 
silver and gold. What have you done with it? Pray to God to have mercy. That you must redeem this short time that is left. So that you will use your life not in endless quarrels, but you will spend the short time you have left to doing His will. Maronda samana krado se kelebe jobros tambliandelebe kende bonda berleba shende bo lebros tabaliander leba kando rubo shetelebe kamander leba balura manda shanda leba balebo konde labore andar leba balshande lebe 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 bende lebe bum malende lebe bendo shanda nama mande kebrebe bendo go ye therefore and teach. All nations go, 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 go ye therefore and teach all nations go, 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 baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Go, 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 go ye therefore. Go ye therefore and teach all Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You have gone through famine. You have eaten dung. You are still eating dung. Tonight, the good news has come to you. Tonight, you have received the good news. If you are here, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. And you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. If that is you, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You say, I am tired. I am tired of eating this dung. Tonight, there is meat and there is wine. The Lord has prepared a feast for you. If you are here, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah! We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.com. B-R-O-N-X at gmail.com.